I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Play On Review. I am Rana Hussein, and with me is the happiest little AFLW analyst, Gemma Bastiani. We're here, of course, to break down week one of the AFLW finals season 2021. Hello, Gemma. How are you? Hello. I'm great. It's been a really great weekend of footy for me. I know I've said that the past three weeks now, but honestly, Saturday was everything to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Tell me about it because I want to hear. We're, of course, talking about Melbourne versus Fremantle on Saturday at Casey Fields. Tell me about the atmosphere, Gemma. What was it like? So I went down with uh, Siren Sport photographer Megan Brewer, who is incredible. And uh, once we were there, we met up with uh, Outer Sanctum, Amazing Humans, Lucy Race and Nicole. Nicole Hayes. So Megan obviously shoots from the boundary. So I I was lucky enough to watch the game with Lucy and Nicole. Um, Lucy being a big Melbourne fan. And Nicole just being there for the ride. And oh, she's just a, a football fan in general. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And it, it was kind of great because I guest po- guested on the Outer Sanctum last week, which you are a co host of. Um, and you asked me lots of questions on that as well. Um, <laughs> but Nicole started it by saying, Oh, we've never met, but we're best friends now. So oh, it was nice God. to actually meet her in person, which was great. Oh, good. You also, um, Gemma, just to, um, <laughs> interject if I may you were also spotted gossips girl style um alongside (laughs) the one and only Ben Brown um on I'm looking at a screenshot of you half of you in the frame (laughs) somehow you always manage to uh be, be half out of the frame In between you and Lucy Race is one tall Ben Brown. Um, And I do want to shout out to the one and only also Emma Race, who on Twitter said, anyone else keen for this new Fox footy show called Three Nervous D's starring Lucy, Ben Brown and Gemma Bastiani? I lolled so hard at that, but then also thought, actually, that would be an amazing footy show. You guys should totally (laughs) tee that up. It it is a funny photo. We did. I didn't even think about um, potentially being on 
the broadcast because that's just never something you think about. But yeah, standing next to Ben, obviously that was bound to happen. The, <laughs> the great part of it is just our faces in it were all clearly just terrified. And um, it was just kind of a perfect shot. So yeah, very funny. Ben Brown is a lovely human and his amazing wife, Hester, uh, we did making the call with her last year, and she's mm. incredible as well. Shout out to Hester, also a um, broadcaster yeah. um, on the Significant Others podcast, which is a great yes, podcast. Which, and I'll link that in the show notes below because definitely go and check out Hester's podcast. Hey, she's brilliant. If you were to guess what bit of the game that was, do you know? <laughs> I think it was in the second quarter when Fremantle were kind of surging but couldn't quite get the score on the board but they had that a, a bit of ball in their forward 50 for the first time of the game I would have thought the third when they really really gave it to the D's let's actually talk about <laughs> this game instead of what was happening on the outer although that is a very good lesson to learn don't hang out with superstars um, or you will get caught on camera as I did when I was chatting to Taylor Harris yes <laughs> the Richmond game. I did remember it's I learned my lesson and I will never do that again uh so this game, I was out of my skin about. I was very excited. It landed on Melbourne beating Freo 5-10-40 to Freo's 3-5-23. Melbourne now progressed to play Adelaide next week. So exciting. But let's talk about the game. It was a predictable slow start from Freo. And the Ds, I thought, made the most of it, getting well on top by halftime. Yeah, so it's interesting to note that this is a 17-point margin in this game. It's Fremantle's biggest loss since their 2019 prelim loss against Carlton. So they've lost a few games here and there since that game, but this is the biggest one at 17 points. So that shows you how strong Fremantle has been that this is the biggest margin in over two years. So massive shout-out to Fremantle. What they've done for the past three years has been incredible, and this is an absolutely disappointing way for their season to end, um, and you feel for them, absolutely. So did Freo play badly then, or did the Ds just outplay them? I don't think Freo played badly. I just don't know that they had... um, as much, it sounds horrible to say, as much of an even contribution as what Melbourne had from their players right across the field. And Melbourne was able to exploit that. And it was interesting in the press conference after the game, that was something that um, Frio's coach Trent Cooper mentioned was mm. he didn't know that they quite had the midfield depth that Melbourne did to go with them that way. And that obviously kind of showed in terms of the clearance work as well. So Lauren Pierce, Tyler Hanks and Karen Paxman combined for 12 clearances. They were all playing on the ball, so midfield work. But Maddie Gay has moved into the forward line in recent weeks and it's not so much about her kicking goals, which we'll get to in a second, but the fact that she wins clearances at forward stoppages. So she won five clearances in this game, which allowed Melbourne to control the ground ball in their forward line to create opportunities to score. And I think that's been a big game changer for Melbourne. We know that Hanks and Paxman and Lauren Pierce can do it in the midfield. So why not spread some of that expertise, that clearance winning um, kind of ability to the forward line to maximize your ability there as well. And they've done that brilliantly. And Maddie Gay absolutely um, just kind of dominated that forward line. She was probably my highlight of the game watching her play. Um, But we've You've mentioned her a few times throughout this season, um, but it was very impressive 
her game. Um, we always knew that Freo would come back in that third quarter, um, but they the Ds did do well to hold on. Yeah, uh, Freo did. They only scored in two quarters. They only scored in the first quarter. They scored two behinds, and in the third quarter they kicked three three. They didn't score in the second or fourth quarters, whereas Melbourne was able to score every single quarter throughout the game. And wind or not, that really helped Melbourne just kind of keep their momentum going. Previous matches between these two sides have been real momentum swing um, kind of games where um, one team is on top, the other comes back, and then there's a late charge. And and that's always been how they've played one another. This game didn't quite feel that way. In the third quarter, yes, Frio scored 3-3, maybe didn't make the most of their opportunity, but it didn't feel like Frio had control of the game. Mm. But it always felt like Freo could turn the game very quickly. And I, I noticed that particularly when Steph Kane got the ball in her hands um, in space. That that felt like the moments where Freo was going to come back and just get a surge on like they did against Carlton. Mm. But Melbourne was able to stop that. They're, they limited any sort of um, forward 50 marking ability as well. Freo only took one mark inside their forward 50. Melbourne was able to take nine. So I think that Melbourne was able to chop it off in the air in defence and then control the ground ball in their forward line and that balance really worked for them the thing I love about Melbourne and it sort of dawned on me this game uh I'm the first to say it and I did say it at the start of the season that they might just kind of have a lull this season and you know what they would be aiming to do given all the changes they've had pre-season to their list that they would just be aiming to kind of um stick fat with what they've got and and just get through the season with what they've got and then look to next year but I feel like they've proven me and everybody else wrong not only that but we talked about we've talked about their inconsistency and there was a bit of that at the start of the season but this run home has been one of the toughest runs home a team could get and they've stood up every single time and I'm so impressed by them it's such a joy to now watch them do that yeah, and, and I think, again, this comes back to um, everyone is contributing. So you've got those top-line players that you know, are get, like Maddie Gay, Tyler Hanks, Lauren Pitts, Karen Paxman. You know what they're going to give you every week. You know that they're probably going to be targeted by opposition, um, but they work through it. But then this game, I, I guess a really good example of this is the Gemma Houghton matchup. When they played two weeks ago, Sinead Goldrick had that job because she has the speed to go with Houghton, but also is able to play taller than what she is. So she was a really great option for Houghton. She went down with that hamstring injury, and that was when Houghton got two shots on goal. Without Goldrick in the side this week, it was a wonder who was going to go with her. But Lauren McGee, who debuted against the Dogs and didn't have a great day, got dropped and then has come back into the side for this run home, has evolved with every single game her speed against Houghton was brilliant she had a really important rundown tackle Mm. when it felt like Houghton was going to change the game but then her confidence to when she won the ball do what Goldrick does and you know take off run through the middle of the ground deliver the ball forward and we saw that from McGee so seeing her evolve in that way and then you look at a player like Gab Colvin, who maybe isn't the cleanest by foot, but her speed to the one-on-one, her ability to even the contest in the air and then handball off to a teammate who can then be damaging, those things are 
the things that are keeping Melbourne up. It's not necessarily the star players. It's that bottom kind of five or six players who are contributing in the way you need them to. It definitely wasn't the star players because Daisy Pierce was on the sidelines watching. And you, <laughs> I sort of felt like they had even more reason to get through because they will want to see her play against Adelaide next week. Uh, what happens now for the Ds? What do you think Adelaide are thinking now about this group? Because while, yes, they'll be tired, they also have this momentum behind them and clearly a lot of belief. Yeah, I... I think that uh, the momentum is going to work in Melbourne's favour. I am not convinced that Daisy Pierce is playing next week, unfortunately. Um, but they've proven, and I equated this to the Swans and Buddy because they were playing at the same time, which was killing me that I couldn't be at both <laughs> games at once. Um, you know, it's great to have that player out there and it's great that they get to be involved in that glory because they're important players to the club, they're important to the game. But if you can win without them you are even better for it. So if Daisy doesn't play this weekend, I don't think it's the loss of her ability that they're going to miss more so the leadership. But if they can win through, Daisy plays a grand final. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We want Daisy playing because she deserves to be involved in finals at Melbourne. She's been just the player for a lot of people. She's opened doors. She's just been a pioneer. But also in terms of the team dynamic... Um, Melbourne can absolutely win through whether she's on the park or not, which I think is great. Yeah, and you you feel like she's just as or almost as useful to them off-field assistant coaching and, and really doing that, playing that real leadership role from the sidelines. They're not losing that really. Um, no. I do, I did think of you because, boy, that was a day for you. I mean... <laughs> I was, I too was switching between this game and um, Richmond Swans in the men's. Um, but then after a while, I thought, oh, I don't need to watch that anymore. <laughs> the Tigers weren't playing very well at all. Um, but Or the Swans were just playing really well. well. A bit of both. We'll get to that. We'll get, we'll we'll get, get to, to that. that. Uh, yeah, not to step on um, the previews toes at all but I just I do want to know what you think going into next week for Melbourne versus Adelaide at Adelaide Oval by the way which is Adelaide Oval yeah tough one it's exciting um I you can't discount the D's given the fact that they beat Adelaide so convincingly a couple of weeks ago and have been able to maintain that playing style every week since that. It's not like that was a one-off. Adelaide will be prepared for Melbourne to want to play that way and have some contingencies in place. I think the Melbourne's, the momentum swings it slightly in Melbourne's favour. But I, while I think, while I um, anticipate Melbourne can get over the line, I don't think it'll be as, be by as many points. Mm. Yeah, the travel will be tough too, I reckon. Uh, what about... Melbourne at... Pretty good on the road, though, I'll be honest. That's true. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Uh, next Saturday is going to be another cracker, I reckon. Uh, I can't wait. Yep. What are you saying to Freo? What, what's the lesson that they will have learnt from this season? Um, again, it's interesting because 
listening to the press conference, um, Trent did say that um, they were a good side and once they hit the Adelaide game and beat Adelaide, he thinks that they plateaued at a good level Mm. while other teams went past and they can't do that. I think that will be their biggest lesson going into next year and they'll be frustrated that that's what happened. Um, I think the other factor of potentially getting players like Anne McMahon and a lot of these midfielders who couldn't quite get on the park because of injury this year into that midfield and just those strong bodies to support Miller, Haynes and um, Bowers, I think that helps a lot because we did see um, uh, Car Antonio moved from the forward line into the midfield, which seems to be a bit of a, you know, in case of emergency break glass situation, move her in there to get a bit more control back there. So it'll be those couple of things. I don't know that they'll stray too far from a game style, more so just um, finding those little things like that midfield balance difference and things like that. While the unfinished business for Freo remains unfinished this year, which is a little bit heartbreaking, but they were such a joy to watch this season. And I think they made people really right. The other teams rise to the occasion. They were scary and and have some amazing uh, highlights from their season. So can't wait to see what they bring next year. Let's move on to the next game. Where were you watching this game, by the way? In your car or did you make it home? Uh, Megan and I watched this one on our phones. Uh, we had our phones side by side with this game and uh, the Sydney, the rest of the Sydney-Richmond game uh, at McDonald's in, I want to say, Amstel or something near Casey. <laughs> yep. Sat in there. Shout out Maccas. Um it was air conditioned, which was nice. <laughs> hey, the and we had food. We do have to talk about the heat um, affecting this game or these games um, from last weekend. But speaking, you mentioned side by side, side by side indeed with the winning side. <laughs> I was trying to work it in. I didn't land it quite well. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is Collingwood beat North Melbourne on Saturday at Victoria Park. 7850 to North Melbourne 7244. This was an intense and amazing game to watch. Now, going into this weekend, I thought that Melbourne Freo would be the game of the round, but actually, this game is the one that I found the most entertaining. Uh, so, you watched on your phone. Were you screaming and shouting as much as I was? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, not really. Uh, I'll be <laughs> honest. I was, my, my attention was split because the Swans game was also on. I rewatched this game once I got home knowing the result. Um, so that's obviously a different kind of vibe mm. watching that. Um, so you were it, screaming it and a- shouting, but just for the Swans. I'm not, I'm not a, <laughs> yeah, not really. I'm not a shouter. <laughs> not really. We still haven't I... watched a game of football together. You realize. Well, you can ask Lucy um, <laughs> and Ben even, cause I kept interrupting him as well. Was that I just uh, constantly talking just under my breath throughout <laughs> games. Um, what are you saying so I'm to sorry. yourself? Are you saying like, I'm just talking about who's matching up on each other and why it's interesting and it's just a personal commentary. Um, we should get Lucy to guest on this and, and share we her should. experience of that. <laughs> Sorry. That's really made me laugh. <laughs> the idea of you muttering to yourself next to Ben Brown. Is really That's funny. absolutely what was happening. Um Sorry. And I'm sorry. I, will... I can't do anything about that now. <laughs> we'll get it together. Um, okay, so we talked about how North could exploit what seemed like a depleted Collingwood defence last week, and I even asked you about that on the Outer Sanctum. Um, but Collingwood adapted. They seemed to just manage it really well. Yeah, so it, it was even more interesting given the fact that Ash Brazel lined up at the start of the game in the forward line. Mm, which she but did the, last the week, per- right? Yeah, but and both times when they've been in trouble, they've moved her back into defence. Um, the thing that really... Uh, obviously, Stacey Livingston was great. Ruby Schleicher was great. Um, Schleicher, I think, was just set up that first quarter really beautifully for them. But Erica Fowler was one that really stood out to me. She kind of played that defensive role. She had 10 one percenters. So one percenters are the little things like smothers or things like that, that really make a difference in the game and also set the tone for your team. She had 10. Um, the Only once has a player had more than that. Someone's had 11 before, but that I think really stood out in the context of the game that Collingwood was so willing to do all of those little things. And I think um, Stacey Livingston also had five. So that's pretty significant, I think, in terms of tone setting for your team. And yeah, Livingston was a rock. Schleicher was great. But Erica Fowler was doing the other things for them in that defensive line. Do you have a favourite one percenter? You've got to love Smothers, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, I do love a Smother. Because... There's nothing more putting your body on the line than throwing your body across someone's leg, kicking a footy really hard, right? And it's so satisfying when a good, like when someone lands a really good smother. Um, I do like um, just pressure. I like to see yeah. um, pressure pressure points. Is that what they're called? No. Yeah, that that pressure gauge thing that they do. Yeah. In the yeah. Yeah. But that that no one really quite understands how it's worked out. Yeah. But I think of like I think Daniel Rioli when I think of that, especially in twenty seventeen, just the little, just the laying tackles or the being hovering, being there like a, like a buzzing bee around someone with the ball just to annoy them and get them to stuff up. I think of this is a really specific reference. Um, round fourteen, twenty seventeen. <laughs> uh, not specific Sydney at all. Against, 
<laughs> Sydney against Essendon when they were 19 points down with four minutes to go. And Joe Danaher took a big mark in the defensive line for Essendon and was trying to slow time down. So took his full measure of, what is it, seven seconds. Mm. And Buddy, as soon as he was able to, pressured Danaher into kicking the ball slightly offline, which created a turnover from, I think it was Malikin that turned the ball over. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah, that's Gemma. what I think of. You are an encyclopedia of football. You're Gemma. Maybe just of Sydney. Gemma Britannica. That's <laughs> <laughs> your new name. That's intense that you. Emma's, em, Emma's been calling me Gem Gem all week. <laughs> and I don't know where that came from. <laughs> to the game um I so I was on holiday we were away this weekend I had just gotten back from the beach uh was like I reckon I could just quickly have a shower and um catch the end of the first quarter onwards uh and I came out of the shower and saw that score line and went oh oh the game's over (laughs) It's done. Thank <laughs> God, though, I kept watching and it wasn't because boy, did North come back and really give it to Collingwood. Yeah, and I think this we, we talk a lot about um, Ghana and Carney and Riddell and Bruton at, um, at North because they're the big name players. They're the star players that do a lot of that midfield work. I think Caitlin Ashmore might just be the most important player when it comes to them structurally. And that really showed in this game it, that kind of surge that North had in the second and third quarters was largely off the back of little things that she was doing mm. outside of that midfield. So she had 17 disposals. Six of those were intercepts and a lot of them were across the half forward line forcing continuous pressure on that Collingwood defense. So just not allowing it to come out. She also had 345 meters gained. So she does a lot to, to move the ball forward for North Melbourne. Whereas uh, the Carnies and, and um, the Brutons and people like that, they're the ones getting the small handball out a lot of the time mm. into space, but then Ashmore is the one moving it forward for them. So I really liked the way Ashmore played this and it just was so obvious how important she is to them structurally and then North just upped their pressure around the ball in these two quarters and that's really what changed it for them as well. I really thought we were in for another North Melbourne steal like last year with this game and I was so nervous and I couldn't decide who I was going for in the end Um, but I thought oh god that would be so heartbreaking for Collingwood if that actually ended up happening it didn't, um, much to the thanks of Brianna Davey, who all season has been amazing, but she really turned it on in this game, I thought. Unbelievable. She had 31 disposals, but crucially she used them at 80, 80.6%. So she used the ball really well. She didn't just get a lot of the ball, but she used it really well. She laid nine tackles, so defensively she was still doing the job. She had seven clearances and 394 metres gained. So, again... She's not just winning the ball and getting the easy hand pass out. She is delivering the ball forward. She's laying tackles. She's winning it out of congestion. She's doing everything. And she's we we knew she was a star going into this season, but she has above and beyond had a career best season as a co-captain for Collingwood this year. Amazing. And I felt like this was her best game, right? 
it's got to be close to it. She had 31 touches earlier in the season as well, but I think she rose to the occasion in this game more than anyone else. I'd love to ask her about what what's happened this season for her to be playing like this because clearly she's just come to another level after leaving Carlton. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen now to Collingwood who will play Brisbane Lions at the Gabba on Saturday afternoon. I mean, thank you, AFLW Fixturing, for giving us another Saturday <laughs> with back-to-back games. Not that we could have gone to either of these, so it's not as brutal, but I don't know. Would have liked, still liked one on each day. Just, just, just my preference. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, Saturday was less than ideal. This one I get a little bit more given the fact that they're in two separate states, but a lot of the people that will be going to one will want to be watching the other, which makes it tricky going, getting home or heading to a stadium. But I'm just glad that we've got a second a prelim final sorted and, and they're going to be really, really big prelim finals. So Adelaide are playing Melbourne, who was one of the two teams to beat them this season. Brisbane are playing Collingwood, who have only travelled outside of Melbourne once, and this will be the second time. And Brisbane pipped... Collingwood a couple of weeks ago so it's going to be a really good game as well amazing what uh, I'll ask you the same thing that I did of Frio what does North learn from this season because they have been they've dominated many a times throughout the season but then also plateaued a little bit too so I don't really know what to make of them I think North are a little bit of a different boat to Frio I think North need a backup plan. Um, so quite often this season we've seen if if the game style that they want to play isn't working or it's being um, stopped, what else can they do? I don't think we've seen um, them have a backup plan mid-game uh, like we have a Collingwood moving Brazel back into the defence or um, Fremantle moving Cara Antonio onto the ball or Melbourne and all the changes they made mid-season. I don't think we've seen that as much from Fremantle, uh, from North Melbourne, sorry. And that's maybe the thing I'd like to see them come into next season with is if our short, uncontested kick mark game isn't working, what do we do and how do we fix it mid-game? Is that a coaching thing or is that a list thing? Uh, with North Melbourne's list, I'm sure you can find ways to use them differently. Their players are too good to not be able to do those other things. Mm, interesting. I wonder what will happen um, as Emma Carney gets more towards the end of her career as she's probably starting to. Well, I, th- well, I think we see Ash Riddell just taking over that role, really. Um, I... I don't think it's so much midfield as it is other. So we talk about Ashmore being really important. Who's on that other wing helping on the other side? Mm. It's not as solid. You know, there's those little things and they've got players to come through that can have any. So, I mean, Beth Lynch came into this game, was playing a defensive forward role and kicked two goals. So there are little things you're seeing that will develop over the years. Um, But mid game right now, there's not too much that we can see north changing to get back into games as much uh, other than let's just put more pressure around the ball kind of thing Mm. well they've been a delight to watch as well um but sadly we don't see any more of north melbourne this season 
and Collingwood step up to the plate in a prelim. Uh, I thought Benici had a great game again. We love Benici here on Player. Always, <laughs> always. Always has a great game. But I just was like, if I was voting, I would have given her some votes again. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Any thoughts about the coming game next weekend? Oh, I have barely thought about them, I'll be honest, because there's just been so much other stuff going on, but they are going to be incredible. I think it's... I think it's the four deserving teams that have made it through as well. Sorry if that's um, unkind to the two that have been knocked out, but given late season form, I think they are the four best teams, which sets us up for the best possible run into a grand final. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's pretty exciting though. Yeah, I like it because it's not actually who I thought would be there in the final four. So, well, some of them are. I really did think Freo would be up there um, and playing a, yeah. free, a prelim. A prelim. <laughs> Damn, that's what it would have been called. <laughs> hey, Gemma, men were playing footy too this weekend. So... <laughs> Little excellent segue. Little, I love it. Little known fact. Uh, I wanted to find out what were some of your highlights. I mean, we've already talked about one, but tell me about your swans. Ah, uh, the swans. So I have watched this game properly in full at home, comfortable on my couch uh, since it happened. I regularly use the word glorious on Saturday uh, between the Melbourne game, them winning, and then the Swans men winning and in an emphatic fashion Mm -hmm. um chad warner likely to get a rising star nomination i think yes uh they would be remiss not to give it to him this week uh and that comes from me as a footy fan um not even as a swans fan that second goal he kicked was just remarkable um i I'm just such a big fan of their clean foot skills around the field, which is something that the Swans haven't done very well in recent years. And it it's so crucial to their game style now. And the fact they're hitting those kicks, even when they're under pressure, is just brilliant. And then Logan McDonald has kicked seven goals in his first three games. So it, there's not too much to be mad about, right? Not at all. I want to ask you something that Mark Robinson in, Robinson in the Herald Sun asked which is, can the Swans hit the heights of Sheedy's 93 baby bombers? So can the young bloods, as people are calling them, hit those 93 baby bomber heights? I mean, we're in round three, so <laughs> let's, let's not get chill ahead of a little bit. Um, I think they're going uh, – I had high expectations for them this year because I've seen this list develop. And I've obviously taken uh, – keen interest in seeing a lot of this young talent develop. So you've got to remember as well, James Rowbottom wasn't playing in this midfield and he levels that midfield up. Um, I, I've been really impressed with McInerney and Warner's improvement from last year into this year. Both of those guys look like they could have been on the edge for their final year and then maybe just kind of tossed out, but they've both taken that massive step up. Um, and then you add in Goulden, Campbell and McDonald into that side. Tom McCartan is playing a really strong key defensive role uh, this year. He equals the contest or he takes the intercept mark. Very rarely is he outmarked. And then you've got leaders on every line. So I think it's 
there's potential that they can do a lot this year, but let's have this conversation again in maybe five weeks' time. Okay. I'm putting it in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, so just on Richmond, who Sydney were playing this weekend. Clear- oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even mention that. <laughs> Clearly they are vulnerable. There is a way to beat them. Uh, and sides just needed to work that out. What, what did Sydney do and what were Richmond not doing in this game? So there are two things that the Swans exploited in this, right? One is Richmond can be prone to be a team that lacks discipline. And once you start seeing that, exploit that because they're going to keep giving stuff away. They're going to keep making errors because they're frustrated. And that is something we've seen of Richmond the past two years. And that is how teams have beat them in the past. Um, giving away silly 50 meter penalties, um, you know, being overzealous with a tackle or holding on too long because they're frustrated, giving away free kicks. The other is that defensive line, they only work well if they're working as a unit. So if you know how to separate them and force them to play one-on-one footy rather than a, a defensive unit, you absolutely can break through it. So we saw Sam Wicks take three very easy marks in the forward line for three goals just because they were trying to cover space instead of their individual player because it's how they want to play. And then if your individual players are smart enough, your forwards are smart enough to work around that space, you're absolutely going to be flying. So the first 10 minutes of the game or so, you know, Grimes was taking a few of those intercept marks as he is wont to do because they were double teaming the Swans, not quite letting them get to the ball. Once the Swans worked that out and forced them to separate themselves, that's when they started to just break through and pick off targets inside 50 constantly. And that's what how they won the game. That's how they kicked, what, 17 goals? Amazing, right? I It's alarming as someone who does have, you know, obviously loves the ticks, um, but it's, it's, it was there for the taking. And I do love that after the little tiff from last year between the head coaches that Sydney came out and absolutely gave it to the Tigers. I didn't love to see it, but I do like that they did that. And I did say to you that they've got something to prove and they'll win this weekend. Um, hey, you've have you got a highlight from the men's footy this weekend? I do. I have a few. So I absolutely love watching Kaiser Pickett play. Um, ever since he's, he got drafted, um, this household has been excited to see him play and Last year, he was impressive, but this year, boy, is he showing everybody what he can do. I mean, I don't really have to say much because everybody's on the picket train now, it seems. Um, (laughs) But the thing I love about him is that you do not know what he's going to come out with, actually. Like, he's just so spur of the moment and it is instinctive. I really hate talking about players like that especially when it comes to Indigenous players, because we often do that. We talk about Indigenous players as being natural talent and instinctive players. But when we talk about non-Indigenous players, we talk about their hard work and smarts. Um, And so I don't like characterising him that way, but I feel like with Cozzy, it really is that, that it is instinctive. Well, well, you've mentioned smarts, and I think that is a big part of it. So... He's an incredibly clever player and the way that he 
can sum up a situation very quickly and decide whether he has the opportunity to have a crack at goal himself or whether he can get it neatly to a teammate who can then get the shot off is incredible. Very rarely, I, I don't think yesterday he was caught holding the ball at all, even though he was doing a lot of evading. And, and that is just him, one, confidence, but also he's very, very clever and it's so fun to watch. And then you add the skill level on top of it where he he moves in a way that very few players do. It's just so fun. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I really don't want to, like I said, characterize him that way. And it is, he's clever and smart with his football. And I just can't wait to see that build and build and build. I hope he doesn't lose that kind of young confidence that he has because you you feel like that's playing into how he plays at the moment so I hope he doesn't lose that as he gets more mature and um, settles into the AFL system but you know aside from the fact that you know I know I'm, I'm wary that we've talked about Sydney we've talked about Richmond and now we're talking about Melbourne but doesn't matter who you are I think everybody watches Cosy Pickett and thinks amazing so I hope everybody else listening isn't like oh these girls just talking about their own team (laughs) no and again we should say full disclosure we will be going more in depth on men's footy again once the W is over um but yeah oh we we also had another highlight each mine was Harry Mackay and his seven goals five I think he's a, a very maligned player and earlier in the season it was quite frustrating. Like the first two weeks, quite frustrating. He he wasn't finishing his work very well. He, he just wasn't able to finish taking the mark or he couldn't quite kick straight. In this game, he was just a dominant force in um, Carlton's forward line. And seriously, he could have kicked 12. Like the, the shots that he missed, he could have kicked. And that's how strong he was. And Frio just had no answers for that. Um, and then you look at the other end of the ground, Liam Jones just played out of his skin in defense for Carlton. So that was, I think, completely brilliant. Uh, the goal kicking was out of control this round, particularly from <laughs> the Western Bulldogs against North Melbourne. Boy, was it a tough weekend to be a North Melbourne supporter. Yes. <laughs> but Bruce uh, kicking, what, 10 was 10. it? Oh, my 10. gosh. Just... I mean, what else do you say? I also wanted to shout out Zach Bailey, who after the siren kicks a sealer against Collingwood. Oh my God, what a game that was. That was such Glorious. fun to watch. And then just the pure joy of do, like living every kid's dream of kicking a post-siren sealer. Well, the, the script of it from the previous week where he should have had the match-winning goal and it was taken, that opportunity was taken from him by a, 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 what the AFL has said was a wrong umpiring decision. Umpires get it wrong. It's a hard job. That's not what I'm going But the script of that into this week, Brisbane never quite looking like they should win this game and then having another miracle on grass situation with him kicking the winner. It couldn't have been more perfect. It, could, it couldn't have been, but I really did feel for Collingwood who eh, probably outplayed them for the game but I guess if the scoreboard doesn't show it oh my god it was it was a fun game to watch and it sort of felt like the best football can be really um it had all of it so it has been a great weekend of footy I will say that oh and it's gonna next week is gonna be even better because we're going to prelims baby Uh, (laughs) I just did an Emma race I can't believe (laughs) 
We love you, Emma. We do love you, Emma. Uh, well, look, on that note, I'm going to let you go because we have one more game to watch. We're recording this just before Hawthorne play Geelong, uh, which will be interesting. And I suspect the Hawks will get up, but I might live to eat my words. <laughs> I think we both tipped Hawthorne. We did. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we can catch you with Julia Montesano to preview prelim finals for AFLW. Uh, that should drop on Friday morning, so you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, as you have been all season, search for Play On Preview. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you were doing on fine on Saturday, what you're going to be doing on Saturday this weekend coming up, um, how you're feeling about these prelims and a potential grand final between one of these four teams. So let us know, ask us your questions. Um, and to that note, I am at Rana Hus on Twitter and Rana B Hussein on Instagram. Gemma, where can people find you? Um, if you have money that you want to give me, um, <laughs> this is my least favorite thing ever. Uh, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Gemma Bastiani if you want to do that. Um, but if you just want to talk to me, uh, tweet me or just see the stats that I'm putting out, uh, it's GL Bastiani on Twitter. Can't wait to talk to you again next week and have our grand final team sorted. Oh my God, that just hit me. That is bananas. Oh, my God. I just had a rush of, like, adrenaline <laughs> run through me. <laughs> I didn't even think about that either. Oh, okay. All right. Footy. Let, let's settle. We've got a week to go. <laughs> oh, so much joy. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Gemma. It was so lovely to see you after a wonderful weekend for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you just you're just beaming from ear to ear. It's lovely to see. Uh, thank you all for joining us as well and play on. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.